All right, you can be seated. Man, that was awesome. That was so good. Can you all hear me? Can you hear me okay? Uh, a couple of announcements. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. Uh, a couple of announcements while you turn there. Base camp is next Sunday after the service. Base camp is the basics of what we believe is the church. And so if you're interested, if you enjoy the service and you're like, man, I want to learn more, I want to know more, Base Camp is an awesome opportunity for that. It is after the service. I will be teaching that one next Sunday. You can uh, learn more about that in the Connect Center, or you can run me down after the service, but you got to be able to catch me. So run me down. Uh, teen activity is April 26th. That is a Clippers game at 3.30, and uh, they will be... Uh, Brian said he will be doing all-you-can-eat hot dogs or something like that that day. No, he's, he's not doing that. But there will be a Clippers game. Clippers games are really fun. And so that's our teen activity. Wildlife Week is the week of June 26th. We will be doing sports camps for our community. You will want to begin to get that on your calendar. We'll have info on how you can sign up for that as we go. Uh, mark it down on your calendars. 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because, and if you like to take notes, if you journal, if you like to draw, if you like to circle things, underline, if you use the Bible app, highlight this part coming up, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Then look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. I know that this is not a typical verse that we read on Easter. I promise I will get to a part that we typically read on Easter. But I want to ask you a question before we get to that point. How many of you would say that as a child you were afraid of the dark? It's okay to raise your hand. There's a couple of you. Okay. All right. More and more honest people. I can raise both hands for that. I was terrified of the dark. And our hallway at my parents' house seemed like it was very short when the lights were on. But when the lights were off, that hallway seemed like it just grew by like 80 feet. And we had a bathroom all the way down at the end of that hall. And there was, uh, that was where we were supposed to wash our hands. At one point, there were six of us. And we had one bathroom. I was the youngest, so I had to go last. And it seemed like that hallway was just impossibly, scarily long. And so we came up with a couple of pretty clever ideas, I think. Uh, my big idea was to just yell out, I know you're hiding down there, and I'm not afraid of you. Because surely, if you're a monster hiding in a hallway to scare a child, that child telling you, I know you're down there, is definitely going to make it. So he's like, oh, well, I can't get him this time. See ya. Like, that doesn't work. My brother had a better idea. My brother had a double-barrel pop gun. And he would fire one of the shots off down the hallway and then yell out, you hear that? I got one more in the chamber. And then we, we take off. That hallway was so long. It was so scary. My sister's strategy was they would get a knife and then push me in front of them. You go first. And they just like follow me with a knife like I was a human shield for whatever we thought was down there. Dark can be scary, can it? Like, like, honestly, it can be scary even at night as an adult, like walking my dog and something, some bird flies by and I scream and fall down or something like that. The dark is scary. 
We've all faced dark times in our life. It's interesting to me that what is the thing that we usually hear in a hospital when we're going through something really difficult? We just got to hold out until morning. It's almost always said. When the day comes, we'll see how we can do. But tonight, we just got to make it through the dark. And I think, uh, I think it's easy in our current culture to think that darkness is growing and light is fading into the darkness. And so often as Christians, we try to live as proverbial children firing a proverbial pop gun down the hallway or yelling out things or pushing someone in front of us because we think in our mind that darkness is growing and light is fading. We even talk about heaven in this way. Well, everything's bad. Everything's dark. The world is getting worse. This generation's worse than the previous one, which was worse than the previous. Everything's bad, but someday if we hope that we make it to heaven, there'll be light there and everything will be okay. But right now, it's terrible, it's bad, it's awful. Break out the pop guns, right? Like that's how we kind of view even heaven when it comes to the conversation. But this is not the biblical narrative. If you think about the Bible, the Bible begins with light. The middle is full of light. And I think a lot of us think that the end is like, well, it's just bad, and then there's one verse at the end. But the end is actually quite a lot of light mentioned in the last book of the Bible. John, in his letter, says, in fact, that darkness is passing away, not light, and the world is beginning to pass, and so, therefore, is darkness. And we might be able to say, John has rose-colored glasses on. He's the cheery disciple. He's the one who says, you know, I'm the one that Jesus loves. He says all the positive things. He's the motivational speaker out of the group. So we'll just throw this verse out of the Bible. But it's not only John that has this idea. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, before the end of time, the gospel must be preached to all nations. This idea that Jesus is bringing up is that light has to go everywhere. Light has to go all around the planet to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every nationality before Jesus says, okay, now y'all ready for me. He backs the statement up and repeats it in Mark 13, 10. And that's very important because again, a few super Christians could say, well, Jesus said that one time. And so we'll just give him a free pass. He's only Jesus after all. So we'll give him a pass on that. But Jesus repeats things always on purpose. Anytime Jesus repeats something, it's very, very significant in the Bible. And Jesus once again says, hey, listen, before the end of time, before the end of the age, the gospel light has to go all around to everybody and to everything. And the idea here is that it is actually light that is winning over darkness, and it is only after light is shared to everyone does Jesus return to be the light on earth. So John reinforces this statement when he says that the world and its darkness is fading away. But it's easy, I think, to forget that Satan is the great deceiver. He's so good at being deceitful, he's deceived himself into thinking he can beat Jesus. And he's really good at deceiving us. And what is his best strategy to defeat us and deceive us? Well, he wants us to not be able to see the light in a dark world. The light is always shining. He just wants to blind our eyes from it. 
This is why I plead with Christians constantly stop watching the news and get off social media because it is constantly only telling you everything wrong in the world. And when you only are paying attention to what's wrong in the world, you never notice what's right about Jesus. And so it's easy to think, well, I don't, I don't see how this is possible. I mean, look at our political situation. It seems like darkness is, is growing and light is fading. Look at the sickness on our planet. Everybody we know is sick. Everybody we know is getting worse. Things are getting worse. Look at the planet itself. It's just being destroyed. How about economics? We seems like we're in a scary time economically. And of course, we can all talk about the fact that right now, children being murdered simply because their parents put them in a Christian school. It seems like things are getting darker. But... There's some people who have felt just like that at some point in history. There's some other people who I think if we were to just look and learn from them, they would have experienced kind of how a lot of Christians feel right now. Think about it for them. Their best friend is dead. And he was betrayed by another one of their friends who then felt so guilty for betraying him, thinking that, well, maybe they'll just punish him or maybe this will be something that's good. And then he realizes, oh my goodness, he's innocent and they kill, they're killing him, then goes out and kills himself. You lose two friends in one day. And one of those friends is the person you believe is the Messiah, the savior of the world. Not only that, but now you're a criminal just because you stood next to him at some point. I mean, think about this. None of, no, no, none of us are facing being arrested this morning as we gather here. I hope not. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but none of us are being arrested for being Christians today. And yet their friend is dead. Their other friend betrayed him. One of their leaders named Peter is denying Jesus and cursing and swearing. Another one is running and for his life. They've chopped the ear off of a guy. They're criminals. They are now the bad guys in one week. They went from being the people who are walking with Jesus while everyone's waving palm trees to now you're the bad guys. And darkness has descended on all over all the earth. And on top of that, they have absolutely nothing. Think about this. They relied entirely upon Jesus to feed them. And now those miracles are gone. There's no five loaves and two fishes feeding all these disciples. They have nothing. Darkness has descended. Jesus is gone. But look at Matthew chapter 28. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. And look at this. This is so powerful. His appearance was like lightning. His clothing was white as snow. For fear of him, guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said. Now come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you so. 
Here's the idea. Darkness was lured to the cross in the hope of defeating light in the person of Jesus Christ. And for a few brief days, it, it appeared like it was lost. Everything was lost. All hope was lost. And how long did those long, dark nights have to seem? They didn't feel like three days to those disciples. That hallway of darkness just stretched out and out and out as they wondered, what do we do now? But Easter changes everything. It changes everything. Because an angel was shining so bright that he appeared to be like lightning, rolls away to stone to reveal that light was in fact here to stay. There is no darkness that can defeat light. Every time you turn on a light, darkness has to flee. Light always triumphs over darkness. Darkness is powerless against light. Anywhere light goes, darkness has to leave. Anywhere light is seen, darkness is eradicated. And here is the absolute best part. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, and look at this, who is over all and through all and in all. Jesus is in all, therefore Jesus is over all. Any thing that light is within, light has victory over. Jesus is the light and is so much light that there is no shadow that he cannot light up. There is no darkness that he cannot completely eradicate and he is with you in the middle of your darkest nights. He is with you in the middle of that call when you get that word, hey, so-and-so is sick. He is with you in the middle of that call when you find out the person you loved has rejected you. He is with you in the middle of the moment when you find out the job that was your dream is now your nightmare. He is with you in the middle of sickness. He is with you in the middle of pain. He's even with you in the middle of death. And because he is, he is over everything that we have to fear. There is no thing that can defeat him. He is in all, so therefore hope is in all, peace is in all, love is in all, and strength is in all. There's no shadow he can't light up, no sickness he can't eradicate, no heartbreak he can't heal. Even death has to bow to him because he is light and he is in all, therefore he is over all. Can I just tell you the sun is not setting, the sun is just rising. We just get so distracted from seeing the light and therefore we get deceived that we don't realize that the gospel is going around the world at a speed that's even faster than it's ever been. There are literally countries all over the world coming to Christ right now. There are entire people groups who are being reached for the gospel. I have a friend who was a missionary and he had a friend. And that friend was sneaking Bibles into a country where it was illegal to do so. And he, he said, God told him, get in this truck and drive it down the road and I'm just gonna take care of the rest. And he was like, bro, you want me to get a truck full of Bibles and drive it down the middle of a desert? Yep, okay. So he got in this truck and he started driving and he was like, his friend told him, the truck broke down in the middle of the desert. And he's like, so now I'm either gonna die of thirst 
Or if someone does come, I'm going to get arrested because I have a truckload of Bibles. And so he got out and he was like, God, I don't know, where, where am I supposed to go? And God said to him, I didn't tell you how to get home. I just told you how to get here. And he's like, okay. And he no sooner prayed when this man came up out of the desert, out of behind a hill, walked up to him and said, hey, are you the guy that has the book full of light? And he was like, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Why are you asking? And the guy was like, well, let me tell you. The man had a dream, and in that dream, someone was going to bring a book that had light, and it was going to show them the light, and it was going to give them all life in their village. But the man was like, well, I, you know, I can't say anything like that in this country, and so I'm just going to pretend this dream didn't happen. But then his wife asked him about it. And then he walked outside, and all throughout the entire village, they had the same dream. And the man said, I'm here to help you carry the books. I knew you'd be here today. So they carried books to a village in a country where it was illegal, and they brought the books. He gave them all out, and they started to read them, and the entire village accepted Jesus Christ. You will not hear that on the news no matter which channel you watch. You will not hear that on social media, which is telling you pine trees are dangerous now or something like that. You know, like, I'm an expert on pine needles. They're bad. Like, you won't hear that on social media. But light is winning over darkness. The sun is not setting. It is just rising. And here's the truth. The moment you got saved, something in your life changed forever. Light entered in. And because light entered in, you no longer have only one outcome. Every situation that you encounter as a follower of Jesus Christ has another outcome, which is what is possible through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. You used to have only one outcome. There used to be only potential for one thing. It was to walk down the, the hallway alone into the dark, trying your best to make it on your own, firing off a proverbial pop gun, doing something to find hope and light and love and joy until you arrived at the end and then passed on. But when Jesus entered the picture, he brought light. And when light entered, every situation is filled with light. Therefore, every situation now has endless possibilities because God is over everything. Even the darkest of nights has no victory over you. He is in all and he is over all. One more verse, Genesis chapter 1, verse 16, because I know some people aren't going to believe me, so I'm going to give you another verse. Genesis 1, 16. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the expanses of the heaven to give light to the earth, and he says it again, to rule over the day and the night, to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Night has no power over light. Darkness has no power over light. Sin has no power over night. light. Darkness, death has no power over light. Even when night supposedly rules, there is a light ruling over it. There is always light. Light is in everything and it is over all things. The light rules over the dark even in the night. How does it do this? Well, light reflects the sun. So the closer the moon is to the sun, 
The longer it is in the sun, the more of the sun it sees, the more power over darkness light ha the moon has. How do we have light in a dark world? By being the light. But we're not being the light by our own power. We're not just trying harder to be good because we're Christians. Instead, we are spending more time in the sun. We are walking in the light. We are reflecting the light. We are getting closer to the light. We are spending more time with him. And as we spend more time reflecting the sun, our strength grows, light grows, and darkness has to flee wherever light is. Any room you walk into, darkness has to flee because you have the light in you. Walk in the sun. He is with you, and he is turning all dark things into light. It's only not good in your life, whatever that thing is that seems so dark. It's only not good because God's not finished with it yet. See, darkness hates you, and so it tries to destroy you. If it can't destroy you physically, it tries to destroy you spiritually. If it can't destroy you spiritually, it tries to destroy you emotionally. If it can't destroy you emotionally, it tries to destroy you mentally. Darkness is constantly trying to destroy you because you are reflecting the light that is in the Father. However, you can call on God in the very darkness of nights. There is no sin that is too dark. There is no sickness that is so strong. There is no addiction. There is no depression. There is no anxiety. There is no failure. There is no divorce. There is no pain. There is no loss. Not even death can triumph over the light. God always wins. Light always wins. Well, it doesn't seem like it. Just wait. It doesn't seem like it. The hallway of darkness is getting longer. That's what the disciples thought too. It doesn't seem like it. My friends are dying. That's what the disciples went through too. It doesn't seem like it. My family member's passing away. That's what Mary went through too. It doesn't seem like it. Sin seems to be growing. That's what they went through too. But light changes everything and it triumphs over everything. So walk in the light as he is in the light. Light always wins. And I think it's time that we start to let the light in. I think it's time that we let peace in. We let joy in. We let strength in. We let hope in. We let the light in. Can you not see the sun coming up? Can you not see it? God is moving and changing lives around you constantly. Invite him into that thing that you think is too dark for him. Invite him into that sin that you can't defeat on your own. You've been trying. You've been trying to defeat it. But it's an addiction that is so strong that you just can't beat it no matter what you try. Let the light in. Invite God into that. God, this is my sin and I can't handle it, and I'm trying, and it's just beating me up, and it's beating me up, and it's beating me up, let God in. Let the light in. Invite God into that loss. Hey, God, I feel this loss in my soul. Uh, I lost someone on Christmas Day, someone I loved, ended their own life, someone I grew up with. It's painful. There's days where I think about it. There's moments where I think about it. 
There's times where darkness seems to be winning. Invite God in. Invite him into that loss. Invite him into that sickness that you face. You don't want to tell people about it, but you're struggling with it, and you're working with it, and you, can't, you just can't seem to get healthier. You can't seem to beat whatever it is. Let the light in. Marriage is having a hard time. Let's try letting the light in. Invite God into that struggle. Invite God into that relationship. You have that relationship where no matter what you do, it ends up being wrong. Let the light in. God, I'm giving you this relationship. Please shine light on it. Overcome whatever it is that I'm doing or they're doing, where darkness is doing, where we just can't seem to make progress in it. Let the light in. Jesus rose. Light is everywhere. Light is winning. And maybe it's hard to see right now. But we will see it someday because Revelation chapter 21, worship team, you guys can come up here. Revelation 21 says that one day Jesus builds a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and a new temple. The Bible says that he's the light in that temple. And his light is so great that there is never a night ever again. It's always light. I promise you, light has power over your anxiety. Light has power over your panic attacks. Light has power over your depression. Light has power over your, your divorce. Light has power over your sickness. Light has power over your sin. Light has power over your problems. Let the light in. Let it in today. Jesus rose and he brought light into all of the world. And he said to his disciples, you're going to have more than I do because I'm sending my spirit, the light, into every one of you. And how did that spirit descend? Like a fire, like a light. It's in us. The same power. It's there. We just got to ask for it. We got to let it in. He's with you. And if he's with you, he's for you. And if he's for you, He's with you even in the darkest of nights. And if he's in the darkest of nights, he's over the darkest of nights. And he can turn that night into day in a blink of an eye. Let him in. We're going to sing in just a minute. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to pray with you. If you want to pray over anything that darkness is ruling over in your life, there's anything that you want to pray about. There's any fear. There's any anxiety. There's any sin. There's any problem that you want to pray about. I am happy to pray with you as we worship.